Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. And on this week's episode, we are going to be looking at what I believe to be my NBA playoff teams. This is an updated list of what I would say is my top eight. After really thinking about it and looking at the situation, everything going on and how things um, seem to be going. So this is my list at the moment, and this is going to be the East and the West, and I'm going to give a little bit of discussion on it as well. So we're going to start with the East, and my number one seed in the East is the Brooklyn Nets, who in pretty much every situation, we're looking at the fact that Brooklyn has the best team surrounding them with three stars in the Eastern Conference, and if they're a healthier team, which right now they're all semi-healthy and you know no major injuries causing them to miss the start of the season they have the best team they had some great pieces they still have you know Blake Griffin and they added Patty Mills and some solid players um, all around they still have Joe Harris and they are a team that despite all of their issues and the Kyrie stuff they are a team that's the best in the east and I don't know if they'll end up, you know, winning everything, but they have the best shot with these guys. And if they can stay healthy and they can figure out how to work together with a full year together, they'll be the best and they are the best and they're the number one seed. And number one seed doesn't mean you're going to win. It just means you're the best in the regular season. And I don't think they're going to stop at all. Put the pedal to the metal the whole year. They are number one. Number two is the champions, Milwaukee Bucks, who... I can't say they got better. I can't say they got worse. They're number two on my list. They're a good team, and they are well-deserving of being in that spot. They, to me, are a very good contender and could be repeat champions, potentially. Giannis is just going to have another year to get better, another year with Drew Holiday in the fold, another year with Chris Middleton. They have so many great players, and... There's not much room to upgrade, so eventually they're going to have to consider maybe looking to get a smaller piece to help them out. Maybe a nice bench piece, maybe something like a P.J. Tucker type role that they had gotten before last year um, finished. Um, But there is a lot of great players that could fill in, and I think right now they have the second best record in the East. Then my number three is the Newcomers. To this spot, Miami Heat, who had as good of an offseason as anyone adding in some great bench pieces. They did add P.J. Tucker and most notably Kyle Lowry. Lowry and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo gives you a great point guard, some great, you know, scoring and a great defensive team. Tyler Hero might have to get moved at some point if they want to get a piece that maybe helps them a little bit better on the wing or maybe helps them a little bit better overall but if things stay as they are they're the number three seed and i don't see them really dropping at all unless there's like a catastrophic injury and someone's out for the whole season but if this is what they look like this is a three seed in my opinion now new york knicks are number four and i think their team is pretty similar players to last year they added in two big free agency uh, additions with Evan Fournier maybe a little bit of an overpay but a good player and Kemba Walker who they got for a steal because he was bought out by OKC so he is no longer in OKC or Boston he is now 
with the Knicks, and the Knicks have some great shooters. They got R.J. Barrett still. They have a bunch of um, good role players. They got Julius Randle in there. At some point, I will probably expect the Knicks, if they're going to be a contender every year now, to possibly move on from one of their younger players, whether that's Emmanuel Quickly, whether that's um, you know Mitchell Robinson, whether that's Obi Toppin. I think those guys are good, but if you want to compete, they're going to probably have to make a move at some point. And so could they move on from someone like an Obi Toppin and try and go after someone like a Miles Turner? Potentially. Could they go after... You know, another player like a Dylan Brooks who might be uh, one foot out the door in Memphis or Kyle Anderson, potentially. But they're a great team. They're a four seed, and there's a bunch of teams above them that are just a little bit better. Then my five seed here, and this one might surprise some people, the Boston Celtics, who, now that I think about it, had a much better offseason than expected. Because, number one, they got rid of some bigger contracts with Kemba gone and uh, you know, you have Tristan Thompson gone, so you kind of opened up a little bit of cap space for the future. Just a little bit of wiggle room for whatever you want to do. You got some trade exceptions in there, which can get used. And you have some great players. Al Horford came back, which I think that's going to help despite him being sort of viewed as not the greatest uh, addition in one of the more uh, bad contracts in the league. I think he'll be a good addition, whether it's for a year or multiple years. Uh, that's a good piece. I think Schroeder was a good contract signing. Josh Richardson came for basically nothing. Can I really complain? No. I think they uh, did everything that they could have. Obviously, they could have probably gone for Lonzo or one of these other bigger names. But for now, they look decent. And I think they got some good defense. And this is the year where Tatum and Brown have to step up. Because they're going to go with two guys who are star level. And they're not going to have anyone else. There's no Kemba. There's no Kyrie. There's no Gordon Hayward. There's no prime Al Horford. There's a sort of end of his career Al Horford. But, you know, if the young guys, some of them can step up. If they can get some good play. Tatum and Brown are all-stars. Looks pretty good. I'd say they're right there at five. And the teams below them, I'll tell you why they're below them for a few reasons. Chicago is six. And why they're not five is because they need a year to get better. And they need a year to work with DeRozan. And they need a year to work with Lonzo. And Vucevic was still, you know, a mid-season acquisition. So he's still got to figure his system out. they got to figure out what to do now that Thaddeus Young's gone. Some of these other guys, sadaransky has gone. They got Kobe White. They still got Patrick Williams. Marketing's gone. They're going to need some time to figure it out. They're a sixth seed because they have a good team. And I think they'll figure it out enough where they can be a sixth seed. But at the end of the day, this is where they go. And I don't see them being any higher unless things change in terms of somebody from the top five either has a bad season or there's a big injury. But it doesn't really look like um, that's the case. They are sitting at number six. Now, my number seven seed was all the way at the top last year, Philadelphia 76ers. And the Ben Simmons situation has taken control. Right now, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have a rough relationship where Ben Simmons wants this to end. There's also a bunch of rumors coming out that the you know Philadelphia 76ers are still intent on getting um, Damian Lillard. There was a few articles I read that looked at how they're still you know interested in Damian Lillard and they don't want to do any C.J. McCollum deal. And apparently, um, a few of these sources have said that if the 76ers wanted to do a Ben Simmons for a C.J. McCollum trade. They could have gotten it done by now, but 
they're still intent on trying for Damian Lillard, who's not available. So because of sort of these issues, and assuming A, either Ben Simmons doesn't play, or he's frustrated and ends up playing, it's not going to be a good situation in your locker room. And eventually they're going to have to bite the bullet, and it might be too late by that point to be a higher seed. They got Joel Embiid, they got Tobias Harris, they got some great shooters. They're, you know, easily a seven seed. If Ben Simmons came back, they could be a little higher. But with the uncertainty of the Ben Simmons situation, they are going to be sitting right now at a seven seed. Not saying they're not going to go far in the playoffs, but what I will say is there's still a question mark with this whole Ben Simmons situation taking fold and causing issues within their organization and it's going to have an impact on the players who are there the coaching staff everything so they're um they're my seven and then my eight seed is the atlanta hawks now atlanta has a pretty solid team one of the biggest issues with atlanta is that they have a lot of pieces but they don't have you know a, a lot of good pieces right to me atlanta has quantity over quality they have about nine or ten great players who aren't like besides Trey Young superstar level and I think to get better they're gonna have to consolidate some of these young guys or some of these veterans into a more tangible piece which I think is probably the most important thing that they can do to get better because they have great players and they have great pieces but I think eventually they're gonna have to move some of those to kind of get something a little bit better and I think you know they can get a star down the line. And if Hunter works out with Reddish and Kevin Herter and you have Bogdanovich and Gallinari and, you know, uh, Kongwu, who was their draft choice most recently, I think, uh, in the 2020 draft, maybe, or the 2019 draft. And he was the fifth pick. And, yeah, they could move a bunch of players around and consolidate some of these pieces and move on. So, yes, uh, that is uh, my top eight. And if I were to give you a nine, it would probably be the Indiana Pacers. But I don't really think um, they're going to make the playoffs because there's still a lot of issues and they didn't really get better. They've kind of stayed the same. So, unfortunately, I don't think they're just there yet. I think number 10 would be Toronto, who added Scotty Barnes and some other stuff. Gordon Drogic's there. I just think they need another sort of uh, year now with these new guys to figure it out and kind of deal with the post-Kyle Lowry world that they live in. So going to the Western Conference, and the Western Conference has giants at the top, and then the bottom is a little bit more kind of up in the air. And so let's go with the West. So my number one seed in the Western Conference by far and away, they made the most moves this offseason, the best signings for what they had. They are a team that is ready to win the Lakers. This is something that is pretty easy to understand because of the fact that they only traded away a few players to get Westbrook and didn't really give up a ton. They added a bunch of shooters, which LeBron, AD, Westbrook can't really shoot, but when you add in other players to fill in those cracks who can't shoot like Malik Monk and Kent Bazemore and Kendrick Nunn and other guys. You're setting yourselves up to be a good team. You have some good defenders. You have some great offensive players. And the Lakers, to me, probably are my number one overall because I think 
yes, Brooklyn's great, but they got some injury problems that could derail them. And Milwaukee's great, but I just think the Lakers are number one. A clear-cut, top-tier, the best in the West, best in basketball, in my opinion. And, you know, I think a lot of teams can kind of take note of this because they have three stars, and then they kind of filled their roster with great role players. And some of their guys, like Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk, took cheaper contracts to to come there. I mean, maybe Charlotte would have given Malik Monk a lot more. I don't actually know what would have happened, but at the end of the day, they're the number one seed. And they're the best of the best. Phoenix is number two, and I think that playoff success has kind of elevated them just a little bit above sort of the other kind of teams out there. And I think Chris Paul was one of the best players they could have gotten. And they didn't give up a ton to get him, which was pretty good. Um, and so they have a good team surrounding them another year together. Bridges is good. They have, obviously, Devin Booker, who's great. And DeAndre Ayton and their whole team, it's its top tier, top notch. They're the second best team, again, in the Western Conference. There we go, and that's where I see them. Now, my number three, and this is just me, Denver Nuggets. Now, you could flip-flop my number three, Denver, and my number four, Utah. And I think Denver with Jokic in a full year of Aaron Gordon. They got Michael Porter Jr., who's going to break out again. They got Jamal Murray, they got Will Barton, some great, you know, pieces off the bench. They are my number three, and they're a team that's going to be really, really good. They're going to have a good season, a good year. Obviously, you know, I think Jamal Murray needs to make some, some strides in the right direction. But they're a team that's got everything going for them, and a team that has everything you need. And they're my number three. And my number four is Utah, because... Mike Conley is a year older. He's got a year, um, you know, older, a year of NBA experience, more under his belt, especially with this Utah team, uh, which I think can help. And also just kind of just age will get to him if he can stay healthy. That's the question. Donovan Mitchell's great at what he does. Gobert is top three center behind uh, Jokic and Embiid. Um they're a good team. He's a good player, but I think Phoenix, with their experience last year, helped. Obviously, the Lakers got better. Denver, I think, is just shades above, not by much. Jazz, they're uh, sitting there at number four. Easy for me. Now, my number five and my number six could be flip-flopped, depending on how you look at it. I put Portland at five because Damian Lillard, CJ, Norm Powell, uh, and Nurkic, uh, pretty solid core. Um, and if they stay healthy, this is a team to be reckoned with. Now, they have a new head coach, which obviously can cause for um, some issues, especially seeing as you have a team built around, you know, this whole core group, which was there with Terry Stotts. Now you have a new head coach and Chauncey Billups who comes in. Maybe it's a different situation. Um, I think they're going to be a little bit better uh, of a team this year. Not as good as the Lakers or Phoenix or Denver or Utah, but they're definitely, to me, better just slightly by the Clippers. And so they are my five. Clippers are my six because the Clippers are a team that has a lot of great talent, and they're a team that's just very, very good. And I think Kawhi, Paul George are pretty solid pieces. They do have glaring needs, especially when it comes to the point guard position. 
which I think Eric Bledsoe can do a lot, but not enough. If they do get someone else, maybe John Wall comes in, then they could be a better team. But they are a sixth seed because I don't think they have all the pieces that the Portland Trailblazers have. For me, I don't see it sixth seed for them. Now, if we look at our seven and our eight and going down the line, this is the toughest ones because I think after this point, there's no guarantees. I think my number seven seed is the Memphis Grizzlies because of the fact that another year of Ja Morant, hopefully a healthy year of Jaron Jackson Jr. You have Dylan Brooks, you have Kyle Anderson, you have Brandon Clark. You got a draft pick in there who was, I believe, the 10th pick. And Steven Adams is going to help despite him kind of being thrown into a trade for um, just to be thrown in for salary reasons. I think they'll be a good team. At my uh, number seven spot, I think they have a lot going for them, which obviously helps uh, tremendously. I think they have a great team surrounding them. They're still young, still a lot to prove, but I think they're going to be a good team at seven. Now, my eighth seed is the Golden State Warriors, and I think when Clay comes back healthy, that is going to help them tremendously. And I think Clay Thompson will give them so much um, to, you know, make them just better. Now, they do have one of the biggest issues, uh, which is Andrew Wiggins has said time and time again he is not getting vaccinated, which in San Francisco, if you don't get vaccinated, then he can't play his home game. So half his games, he won't even be able to play. So if they can move Andrew Wiggins for another piece that helps them, or they keep him around, he gets vaccinated and he plays, that's you know going to be great for them. But if he doesn't play, that's going to hurt, just because he's a good player and the fact that you don't want to get vaccinated is insane to me, uh, especially seeing as you wouldn't be able to play half your games, which obviously I'm sure there are a lot of players in the NBA who don't want to get vaccinated, but they did because of you know different imp implications that could come up involving the NBA and their vaccination rules, and so... I think Andrew Wiggins should just bite the bullet whether he wants to actually do it or not and just get a vaccine so he can play because uh, that's a lot of money you'd be losing all because you're kind of stubborn and just don't want to get vaccinated. But if Clay comes back, you have Moses Moody, Jonathan Kamunga, James Weissman another year out of him. They could be a legitimate team who makes the playoffs as an eight seed. Um, things could go off the rails if, you know, Clay doesn't come back in time, Draymond's not as good, Andrew Wiggins doesn't play half his games, uh, but if things go the right way, and if they go as they should, then the Warriors will be an 8 seed. I think just outside of that bubble is the Pelicans, um, and then to me, Dallas as well. And then you got the Spurs, the Kings, the Timberwolves, the Thunder, and the Rockets who are all garbage. And honestly, I think the Eastern Conference is getting a lot better. There was a time when I felt like the Western Conference dominated the East significantly. And really all you had was LeBron James dominating and everyone else kind of was fighting their way through. Now I think the Eastern Conference might be a better division than the Western Conference, just in total. Obviously, I think the Lakers, Phoenix, I think the top of the West is better than the top of the East. But I think the overall East might be better than the overall West. So if you look at it, you have, in theory, the top eight, which basically is um, the Bulls taking the place of the Wizards 
in the rest of the East. Then you have the Wizards, the Pacers, the Hornets, and the Raptors, who are all decent teams where they're not going to be out of the playoff race. Whereas, really, I only see the Dallas Mavericks and the Pelicans as sort of teams that could potentially fight for a playoff spot. And maybe even just Dallas is the only team that's sort of on the outside looking in. But who knows? I think for NBA basketball... This is where I see my standings. This is where I see things going. And unfortunately, you know, there's nothing really else to look at at this moment. This is where 